Welcome to a midweek episode of The Overwhelmed Brain, where Matthew Bivens joins me for an emotionally intelligent conversation regarding a listener email coming right up. Are you annoyed by affirmations? Are you tired of that same old rehashed personal growth advice that all seems to boil down to think positively and all your problems will go away? If affirmations feel like lies and positive thinking feels like denial, then I want you to get ready. The Overwhelmed Brain is here to help you create the life you want now. Hello and welcome to a special midweek edition of The Overwhelmed Brain. I am your host, personal empowerment coach, Paul Coliani, and I am here to help you increase your emotional intelligence, strengthen your self-worth and self-esteem, and empower you so that you can make decisions that are right for you. Everything that we talk about on this show is our personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult your physician or psychiatrist or any medical professional before making any changes to your medical or psychological treatments. All right, like I said, we have uh, Matthew Bivens here today. He is with the Having It All podcast. I'm just going to go ahead and play the conversation that him and I had. It's about um, someone who doesn't lock the door. (laughs) there's more to it. So I want you to stick around and listen to the conversation and just pretend you're right there in the ambiance of the coffee shop that we're in. This is one of those midweek shows that uh, it's a little more relaxed and a little less formal. Stick around. I think you'll enjoy it. Here's Matthew and I now. and read this uh, message cool it's from someone i'm going to call bill and bill says um i've been binging on your show recently prior and going into a breakup let me read that again uh i'm going into a breakup that i'm currently going through okay let me read that again <laughs> take three uh let's see he, he sometimes people write these things a little differently and i gotta figure <laughs> out how they wrote it yeah uh i'm just gonna read it word for word and i'll have to correct it as i go i've been binging your show recently prior and going into a breakup that I'm currently going through, okay? We are spending time apart for a buildup of reasons, but my question is related to your one podcast on failing the challenge. My girlfriend, or ex now, as I'm learning to cope with this, is a survivor of workplace assault. She has trust issues and strong sensitivity slash concern regarding her safety. Um, Early on, both of us found out that I don't lock our front door with an absolute consistency. I prioritized it, but it wasn't as high of a concern as it was for her. Per her request, I tried to develop habits to have the presence of mind to make sure the door was locked. I worked on this, trying to set habits. Despite this, on and off for a few years, I would slip. I would get distracted, and I would forget to lock the door. There were even cases that I would forget to take the keys out of the door. Each of these instances, she would be alarmed and convey to me how it troubled her. Then Then I would get defensive because I felt guilty trying to say, you know, I didn't mean to do it, I've been trying, I, I was going to do it, etc., etc. Then uh, it would turn into a fight. To alleviate her concerns, I would list off ways in which I would try to improve myself, which was within my knowing capacity at the time. Then I would slip again at a later time. This became a deal-breaking topic that she was sensitive about. She was convinced every time that I slipped that there was zero improvement that I hadn't learned my lesson. But to me, I was trying in earnest to do as she wished. I wasn't malicious. I wasn't trying to slight her. I would just be forgetful. And she would tell me I didn't love her because if I did, I would have changed 
Or, I was a liar, because if I did make the change, I would never forget to leave the door unlocked or my keys in it. Other facets of how we argued poorly I've discovered in your other podcasts. Retrospectively. Is that a word, retrospectively? I think so. Like res- I'm, I'm respectively yes. and retro- retroactively. Uh, uh, I feel like I've tried my best, and I wasn't trying to disappoint her. Uh, I don't know what kind of actions I could have taken better as a good boyfriend to make her feel safe. This isn't a social habit that I'm being faulted for, which is what tears me up. I was getting lambasted for threatening her safety. This I understand as well as the root of why her safety feels threatened. I know I'm totally at fault for being constantly absent-minded. I just wish I had better solution to reassure that I was reassure her that I was on her side. Uh, and I felt guilty for messing up, and I wanted to make sure I kept putting in the effort to make her feel safe. We love each other, and I want to stay in touch. I just want a better strategy for myself so that I don't disappoint her or another future significant other over again. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Okay, Bill, thank you so much for writing all of that. And, um, you know, I think we can all relate. Matthew, uh, we were talking earlier. You said you could definitely relate to this. Yeah, so the portion of this that really struck me when, when I was reading it was the, you know, you, Bill, performing some sort of action activity again and again, sort of forgetting that it was hurting or, you know, that it was doing something to your significant other. I could relate to that because I was in a relationship where it seemed every month or so, every couple of months, I would do something. I I would do something that, you know, wasn't taking into consideration my partner, her feelings, her time, and it would turn into a fight. And I remember, I so vividly remember, when the fight would happen, I would be like, God, you did it again, Matthew. You did it again. And I remember that feeling of of frustration, disappointment in myself, regret that I had done that thing again. Mm. You know, and it wasn't always a, it wasn't the same thing that I was doing, but it was just failing to consider her. And, and then I also remember this was at a point in my life when I was doing a lot of journaling, and I remember writing in my journal multiple times: "If you do it again, she's gonna leave." Mm, wow. And I remember going back and reading that stuff. So, Bill, when, when, um, you know, as Paul was reading your, your letter, um, that really struck me because I was like, ah, I've, I've been in, in that, you know, that type of situation personally. You know, um, I think we all have. <laughs> I think we all said, damn it, I, I just did that thing that he or she didn't want me to do again. Yeah. I did that with my, my girlfriend, uh, when we first moved in together, when I moved into her place. And she wants her dishes stacked a certain way. She wants the dishwasher stacked a certain way. It was a lot of, I don't want to say demands, but demands on my consciousness to be be consciously aware of how somebody else wants things all the time. When you yourself, if you don't have it together already and you're just trying to keep your own life together and trying to keep things going for you, and now somebody else wants that too. For them, and you have to be conscious of both your stuff and their stuff. It can be demanding. Absolutely. Now, with that said, in my opinion, it's not really an excuse. It's really something you can't say like, well, I've got a lot of stuff going on in my life, so I don't have time to think about locking the door. I can't even think about that. You're, you're lucky I shut the door at all. Because yeah. <laughs> that would be harmful to the relationship. One of the things that comes up for me, and I may question you on this, Matthew, 
is when something is so important to your partner, what steps, what effort do you make to make it just as important to you? And, you know, I look at this as like when I was married. When I was married, uh, I did the value, a values exercise with my wife. I wanted to find out what was most important to her about a relationship. And what came up for her was feeling safe. And it's right in line with what's going on here. Uh, she didn't have a workplace assault, but you know she could have had multiple relationships or family where she couldn't feel safe. So when she wants, when when she goes into a relationship, she needs to feel that safe feeling, to feel comfortable, to be able to be uh, loving, and to be able to be supportive and nurturing. To for her to be vulnerable means that she has to feel safe. So if you are not able to meet that number one need that number one most important thing, or something high on the list, if not number one, number two, then what's going to happen is nothing else will seem to work. Or nothing else will work. It's just, it just will not pan out. So the idea that you know Bill doesn't lock the door, and uh, he said one thing that I, I uh, underlined here, you know, I'm, oh yeah, he goes, I'm list, he goes, I listed off all the ways I'm trying to improve myself. That means nothing to yeah. s- to someone who wants the door locked. Who, who wants just the one way. Who just wants that one thing. Yeah. So having the... Um, if you can meet that one important thing, that changes the entire relationship. Now, there's more to say on that, but um, Matthew, when I talk about trying to meet the need, the most important need of your partner... Where do you think you went in your mind when you were forgetful? Was it just absent-mindedness? Was it something that you know now that... You know, looking back on that relationship, I think there was a couple things going on. I I think I definitely had um, attachment issues and self-worth issues, which which kind of created this interesting cocktail where I was very attached to her, but I didn't feel like I deserved her. Hmm. And so I, I, I believe for myself, there were some elements of using the phrase self-sabotage is a little strong, but I, I may have been intentionally, well, subconsciously compromising the relationship because I didn't feel like I deserved it. That's a very interesting uh, way to look at it. Be- because, you know, when I, when I think back to my own situation, I think about yours as well, Bill. I'm I'm thinking okay the locking of the doors or you know in my case the you know the the sending of the text message when I'm going to be late coming home or something like that you know they are they are quote unquote small things you know they they are things that that make sense right but for me that I just did not feel like it was very like she was important enough or it was important enough and there were elements of me understanding that if I don't do this, it's going to create something. It's going to, it's, there's going to be a consequence if I don't do this one thing. And then not doing it mm. and saying, ah, it, it slipped in my mind. Like, you know, it might have slipped in my mind, but there's still a part of me that knew that I probably should, you know, reach out or whatever it was at the time. So. I don't necessarily think it was conscious. I don't think I was trying to... I was out to end this relationship. But there was a part of me that was just picking away at that foundation. Because it confirmed my lack of self-worth. 
and you know that that worthiness thing it would confirm it and at the time i was more in- interested in being right than i was in being happy so uh, that a particular example where you didn't maybe text because you were late i mean what does that have to do with wanting to be right was that like a control thing was that a you know i, I think again i think by me not texting it would mean that there would be another blow up around me not being considerate for her and because there was a blow up the relationship wasn't it wasn't going well i'm not supposed to have good relationships in my life it just confirmed that i'm not worthy so you would confirm that you were right in your own mind in my own mind yeah got it and then got i'd it. go about these ways of making that happen got it there's a dog in the coffee shop <laughs> yeah they, they allow dogs in coffee shops in georgia <laughs> that's funny so this brings up the question um as you were talking i thought of this question is how does how does this how is this rough 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 <laughs> <laughs> this brings up the question um how does this behavior benefit you so this is kind of rhetorical for you matthew but um if you're forgetful, if you're absent-minded, if you know something is important to your partner and you keep forgetting it, because I tell you what, if something is so important that your partner like is ready, is packing their suitcase and walking out the door, you're going to remember that moment. Absolutely. You're going to remember that moment and you're never going to cause that problem again. It's like there's something that burns into your mind, typically. I don't know if it ever happened to you, If there, but I tell no, you what. No, she left. Oh, so you didn't even have a chance. <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 yeah, there was a tipping point. But had she come back, you know what? You know, you kept doing this, you kept doing this. Had she come back, would that have been impactful enough for you to go, wow, I'll never forget to do that again? I mean, I want to say yes. Yeah. I want to say yes, but we had so many conversations about it. It wasn't as if I was surprised when it ended. And so, you know, it, it makes me think, Bill, with your situation... And this is the question that you're asking yourself. I, I get it. You know, why is it a challenge? You know, like, w- what is it about the locking of the door? She's told you that it, it's linked to that traumatic event. It's, it's doing some serious, you know, damage to the relationship. There's a reason why you for, you're forgetting. Well, I, I think that is right in alignment with thinking about um, how does this behavior benefit me even if you can't answer that uh directly consciously just think of an answer how does this behavior benefit me let's just say that you know let me try this on i keep forgetting to lock the door my girlfriend gets mad at me and i keep forgetting to lock the door and you know sometimes i do sometimes i don't and she goes and she finally corners me why do you keep forgetting you know this is so important to me why do you keep forgetting and i'll think about it and i'll go you know i'm just absent-minded Okay, but if I ask the question, well, how does this benefit me? Um, you said it already, Matthew. One perception is, you know, I didn't, I maybe didn't feel worthy about myself. I didn't feel like I, I was worth having someone like this in my life. And by forgetting and her yelling at me, it kind of justifies how I don't feel worthy about myself. It yeah. justifies my unworthiness. Um, when I try that on, I'm thinking that I'm not thinking about her. I'm just worried about my own stuff. Like I might be high stress. Or let me put myself in a real situation. Like when I would stack the dishes differently. It was so routine for me to do it the way I used to do it 
that when I try this on now, I think that I don't find her perception, her method of doing the dishes a certain way important. I mean, when I try this on right now, I really feel like I, I find that her method isn't important enough to do it that way. And I also see it as I'm devaluing her method of doing things. So, so then if we think about it in terms of Bill, the safety fear is not important. And do you think that's devaluing the workplace trauma? Do you think, would you take it that far? I would take it to the point where Bill may have something rolling, rolling around in the back of his mind that is like, what's the big deal? This neighborhood never gets break-ins. That might be rolling around back there. What's the big deal? You know, I'm here. If somebody breaks in, I'll take care of things. What's the big deal? I would highly recommend yeah. you, you search for something like that in your head. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because on its face, right, locking of the door, I think most people is like, okay, you know, you make sure you lock the door. But if you don't, just remember to do it again. Not a big deal, quote unquote. I'm doing air quotes now. <laughs> but it's obviously a big deal to his partner and to the relationship. So that's the big deal portion. So then I go back to this, you know, and, and it's, it's a fun exercise to sort of put yourself in that space. Like, why keep doing the thing that it's, you know, she's not a- asking you to make a significant ch- life change. It's, it's, a, it's a small habit tweak, mm. you know, and, and, you know, it might be putting a reminder on your phone and then, oh, now, I, now I've got the habit installed so that I'll, I'll lock the door. But there is there is some reason like there's some reason why even that little thing that she says is number one priority if not number one it's near the top she's just like do this one thing and it'll help me feel safe there's a reason why you're not doing it mm, that's great because what you just said is like I'm focused on me being right or me um, knowing better I think that's a little bit of it yeah I know better uh, she's being ridiculous. Even if that's not consciously on your mind, if that's in the background somewhere, then that is something to consider. And I would consider that with anything that you don't do for your partner. If something comes up that you know is important to them and you decide not to do it, then ask yourself, is it because I don't believe it's important? Is it because I don't think um, it's a problem or... I don't think it's uh, very impactful to the relationship or I think she's being ridiculous or he's being ridiculous. I think all these questions are very important because when you start uh, to understand what you're actually focused on, and Matthew is uh, pointing at that, if, if you're focused on, well, there are no break-ins in this neighborhood, so why bother? If that's your focus, then of course you're going to be absent-minded about it. Yeah, absolutely. But if your focus on and this is sometimes what I like to do. If you focus on the fear itself, let's just say that a six-year-old child came running to you um, and said, someone's chasing me. Someone's trying to steal me and put, their, put me in their van. Are you going to say, that's ridiculous. Nobody does that kind yeah, of stuff. This is a safe neighborhood. This is yeah. a safe neighborhood. Even, uh, you know, and we look at that and we'll go, well, a six-year-old child says that, then it's real. Well, let me tell you this. The fears that we have when we're adults, are those six-year-old fears. In his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend's case, it's linked back to a, to a trauma. Precisely. It's linked back to something very real. Precisely. 
So that's what she's experiencing when there's no key in the door, when or no yeah. lock on the door. Yeah. Now, you know, one of the practical things Matthew's already mentioned is, you know, put the app on your phone that reminds you at 5.15 when you walk in the door, did you lock the door? Put the notes on your bathroom mirror. Make yourself reminders everywhere you go because if you start focusing on her fear, wow, this is really important to her. Wow, this is, I mean, like, you know, you may have to talk to her about it. Tell me about this workplace trauma you went through. Yes, and yes, I was gesturing because I was going to jump in. <laughs> I think that could be something as well. Try as as hard as you can, as best as you can, to put yourself in her shoes. And, you know, it might be challenging for her. Maybe she can write it down and you read it. But somehow, see if you can't truly empathize with, with what she experienced. And then try to imagine what she must be feeling when today she she you know she's in what she perceives as a safe place her home and she realizes there's a huge access point in that front door cuz it's unlocked you might that might shift something within you you know if you truly are able to put yourself in her shoes see what that experience was like through her eyes and connect with it on that emotional level it's a great exercise when as soon as you do that in your mind and you imagine okay if i was in that position and Someone did this to me at work. Um, well, first of all, I would act differently. But let's just say that you were helpless or you felt helpless or you didn't feel powerful, I should say. Uh, you didn't feel powerful. You felt very vulnerable and somebody attacked you in that state. Now you walk around with this feeling that you don't feel safe. So you do things to make yourself feel safer. A good example of that is when, um, well, it's not a really good example of that, but a, a good example of past trauma is I went to this um, college to visit a friend of mine and we stayed overnight, my friend and I, and in the morning at 7 a.m. we exited the dorm, but we didn't know that the, the doors were all timed for alarms. So I tell you what, when we walked out the door and that siren blared over the entire campus, we ran, <laughs> we ran our butts off. We were like 20, 19, something like that. We were running so fast. We don't even know why we were running. We just thought we did something wrong. So we booked it, got into our car, went home. But that, that experience became a trauma in my mind of opening any commercial door, walking into a 7-Eleven. I paused every time I walked into a convenience store. Wow. And because I, I remembered, is this, you know, is this alarmed? Is this, is this going to go off? That just kept playing back. It was so benign. You know, I look at it now. And I, I swear every now and then it still happens today. It's that burned in my mind. And fortunately, I just, you know, go push forward and just, like we talked about, move forward. Just keep moving forward. I just move forward, open the damn door. If it, if it goes off again, then that's whatever. But uh, that really stuck with me for, I don't know, a couple of years. Just every time I walked, uh, approached the door... There could have been an alarm that went off. And that kind of trauma stuck with me. So people might look at that and go, that's ridiculous. They don't think it's important to me. They might think it's funny. But to me, it was very real. Yeah. And, and to you, it, it, it's significant. It was very significant. Yeah. And if I was with someone who didn't you know, understand that or they saw me pause at a door, they'd be like, what are you doing? That happened two years. You know, that would invalidate what I'm going through. Yeah. 
that's a big thing. I mean, if you're with someone who's had that kind of trauma and then they feel like you don't care enough, because that's what their perception is, that you're just going to forget what is important to them, that's like forgetting to... I don't know what's the important thing. <laughs> like forgetting their birthday. It's like forgetting something that's so valuable to them that it shows where your mind is. Yeah, and and you know, it obviously ends up being grounds for the relationship not moving forward anymore, you know? And you know, Bill, I'll be honest, like there was parts of reading your story and thinking back on mine where I'm like, "You know what? My girlfriend at the time, your ex-girlfriend, let her just be the one to lock the doors. It's her it's her thing. It's her deal because she had the trauma. Like, all right, you're in charge of locking the doors. And, you know, w- with my situation, my, to my girlfriend, like, you know, I'll be home. Just it might give me a 30-minute window. Mm-hmm. Like, that's sort of my default because I think, you know, there's a part of me, my ego just is like, that's your problem. You deal with it, you know. But then the other part of me re- remembers that there are unwritten contracts that we enter into in relationships and, you know, being considerate of someone's emotions and, you know, taking into consideration some of their, their top values and things that they prioritize is important. That's part of it. And whether or not I feel that it's valid or I feel it's important or I feel that, you know, this is worth my time or whatever, you know, I entered into a relationship. And if I don't feel like, con- you know, validating that person's whatever it is, then maybe... You know, I don't need to be in the relationship. Like that's sort of like that's what I'm 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 coming at right now. You know, Bill, it's that's part of what comes with dating this person right now, at least, because who knows that she may be able to heal fully from the trauma and not be triggered by an unlocked door. But for right now, that's part of it. It's clearly part of part of the experience, and so I think it's you know it, it, it comes with it. And I like to use the analogy of picking up a stick. Right, you pick up the front end of the stick and you get what's on the back end. This just seems to be something that's on on the back end. It's just it's part of it. So, it, you know, I say, make that whatever you need to do. Make that little that little shift, that mental shift, that habit shift to start prioritizing those things. And like Paul has said, when you start doing that, the relationship is gonna there's gonna be some changes. You know, I think there's gonna be some improvements by prioritizing her more and more, and you know. When she goes to check the door to see if you've locked it, it's locked. And now she has that feeling, that reassurance that, okay, Bill gets me. Like, Bill's looking out for me. And I, I think he wants that. It's just yeah. that he's focused on something else. He's focused on um, maybe that it's not important, like we were talking about earlier. He's focused on there's no break-ins in this neighborhood, so why bother doing that? And then his secondary thought is, well... She wants it, so I guess I'll do it. When you make it that, when you make that secondary, it it starts to degrade and deteriorate the relationship. And Matthew said it well, where you get into a relationship, that's one of the functions in the relationship is to how do I show up for my partner? How can I fulfill my partner's needs? What are his or her needs? And if I don't know them and I'm not fulfilling them, then is this more of a hey, I want everything I want, and I'll have this person with me that um, just joins me for the ride or are you both on the ride together and you both have your fears and you both have your dreams and you look at each other and go okay how can I help you achieve healing of those fears how can I help you achieve fulfilling of those dreams yeah so I love the idea that you get into a relationship not 
because you're selfish and you know what you want and this is what you want. You want this person in your life. You get into it because I want what I want and I want what you want. And I want you to get what you want. And I want to support your happiness. And I want us to go forward into the future holding hands, knowing that if you have some fear that I might think is kind of silly or kind of, you know, unjustified, I'm, st- I'm going to treat it as if it were absolutely real because I'm stepping into your shoes. I'm going to, I'm going to be in that space with you. When I'm in that space with you, then you'll see real changes. Then you'll see real growth and progress in the relationship. And, um, you know, Matthew, I don't know if there's anything left to say on this uh, topic, but uh, I would say that uh, one of the most important things that we talked about today was the idea of what we're focusing on. Because, you know, like my girlfriend, one of the things I like to do is when I'm doing anything at home, it, it happens less and less now, but when I'm doing anything at home that I know she does too, the dishes, for example, putting them in the dishwasher a certain way. I always preface my behavior with the question, what would she want or what would she do? That's great. Yeah. (laughs) I do that a lot and it becomes an unconscious program, a pattern that just rolls in my head. Am I doing something that she'd be proud of? Am I doing something she'd be happy about? It, It almost feels like I'm like submitting under her spell or something, but it's really not that at all because what happens is when you show up for your partner and you help them heal and you help them fulfill their dreams, they're going to do the same thing for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that feels pretty good when you're both showing up in that way and suddenly you're not what my girlfriend calls the Lone Ranger. She goes, I'm sick of being the Lone Ranger, taking care of everything for myself. So I see her issues with things as absolutely real and prevalent. If she's crying about something that doesn't bother me at all, I'm crying with her. Because this is something real she's going through. And past trauma especially, she's told you there's past trauma in my life. You know what PTSD is? PTSD is re-experiencing the trauma as if it's happening right now. So imagine if she believes she's being traumatized because she sees the door is unlocked. That All that stuff is flashing right back in that moment. And she's flipping out. So I think it's important as you go forward, Bill, is to, uh, Matthew said it best, empathize. Step in her shoes or his, or whatever partners you choose in life. Step in their shoes and uh, really experience what they're experiencing. Imagine it. Once you do the imagination or visualization process in your mind, your mind starts to develop new ways of thinking and, and figuring stuff out. And how would I be in that situation? That's sort of like when I ask people, um, okay, you're in a bad relationship now. How is it going to feel in one year if nothing changes? When you do that visualization, if you're in a bad relationship today and you imagine yourself what it's like in one year, you're going to have some interesting thoughts come to mind and you might actually have some changes in behavior. So that's my final words, Matthew. I've got... um So we actually had to change our venue because uh, we ran out of space on the card that we were recording on. So now we are outside in a parking lot in a dark alley. No, (laughs) And uh, we just wanted to finish the show because um, I asked Matthew if he had anything left to say. I kind of said my final words on the subject. Bill, I I definitely I want you to be able to progress beyond this. If you get back together with her or not, or maybe you are now or not. 
but um, my my primary thing was all about you know what you're focused on and and empathy and Matthew may or may not have the same comments there but I'm gonna give you give the mic over to Matthew and uh, let him give you his final word yeah m- my big thing Bill is you know if I were in your shoes um, I, w- I would really try to just put yourself in your girlfriend or ex-girlfriend's position uh, really try to understand what it is she's feeling when that door is unlocked you know what is she feeling about her safety what is she feeling about you and truly just do your best to empathize and see if there's any shifts that come as a result of that. Thanks, Matthew. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, this is The Overwhelmed Brain. I was with Matthew Bivens of the Having It All podcast and the other podcast, Doing It at Home. I hope you get a chance to check out his show. And um, again, this is the midweek show for The Overwhelmed Brain. Thank you for joining us. And uh, I'll probably give you an outro as we wrap this outside venue out and i go back to my studio and start recording again so everyone have a good day all right i want to thank matthew bivens of the having it all podcast and the doing it at home podcast he's a good friend and he's got a lot of wisdom so i really appreciate when he comes on the show and uh, helps me tackle topics that um i know there are multiple angles to and i think we hit this one pretty well today so thank you for joining us And I just wanted to let you know to keep your mind open so that you can step into your power. This will help you be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing. (laughs) 